This is an impressive one. 426 feet to left field, and that's something that this team needed, Whitey needed it, John Snyder needed it, and the fans needed it. Big time first at bat for Whitey in a big time situation. How you doing tonight, everybody? Well, tonight is the 50th episode of the Pine Tar Podcast. Hopefully 500, 5,000 more to come. Who knows? But when I started this podcast, I told everybody I was going to try to offer different perspectives from the game of baseball, from people inside the game. A lot of nights it's just me and just giving you a monologue or talking with Cousin Joey about some of the different aspects of the game, trying to offer you the best uh, takes and instinct that we can. But promises made, promises delivered. Had the opportunity to talk with amateur scout Dan Holcomb of the Seattle Mariners. What I wanted to try and do with this conversation is just offer everybody out there the perspective because there's not a lot of podcasts out there we're actually getting to talk to a guy who works in the big leagues as a scout so i want somebody to be able to uh you know hear the words of a guy who actually is in the game uh who actually is out there you know cultivating mining for gold as i call it trying to find that next all-star that next 10-year big leaguer uh, in his own words and uh, we were lucky enough to get him on. And uh, as the show goes on, I'm going to, you know, continue to uh, try to deliver these type of guests. He was awesome. And the one thing that shines through was uh, this is a guy that just loves working for a great organization in baseball right now. Hard to argue that the Mariners are, are anything but a top five organization from top to bottom in all of the game. So... Uh, he definitely did not disappoint. We talk about a lot of different subjects, uh, and you'll have to hang in there to uh, get a little bit of Julio Rodriguez talk. I think everybody uh, that uh, that tunes in can't get enough Julio talk, right? So we uh, we do dive into him a little bit, but just uh, want to say thanks to Dan for giving us the time tonight, and uh, it's a great baseball talk. Hope you guys all enjoy. Pine Tar Podcast, everybody, episode 50. We got a really special guest tonight. We've got Mariner Scout Dan Holcomb joining us. Dan, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. On the way back from a road trip right now, so doing, doing great. Yeah, so uh, I, I caught you in the middle of the game here. Um, it, any uh, any insight of who you were looking at tonight? Yeah, just uh, actually uh, down in Mississippi, we uh, had a big junior college tournament down there. So uh, trying to trying to go down there and lay eyes on everybody and uh, see if uh, see if we can't find a few prospects down the way. That's awesome, man! I was so excited to talk to you. Uh, you know, like I told you before, we got on the air. I, my whole life growing up, I wanted to be a baseball scout, and I want to give anybody that listens to this the perspective of what it's like being a scout. So walk us through your path to how you got where you are today a little bit. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I grew, up in the, grew up in the state of Michigan, was a, a guy from, uh, from the north, and uh, always, always played baseball, always uh, grew up playing 
uh, played in high school, ended up, was fortunate enough to go on to play in college. Uh, and, and when I got done playing, uh, it was it was one of those things I, I always enjoyed being around the game. I always wanted to be involved in the game in, in some way. Uh, and, and for me, that was going to be coaching, and, and coaching was going to be uh, what I wanted to do the rest of my life, and what I wanted to, uh, and what I wanted my future to be. And I was fortunate enough; I became a college coach right out of school. Uh, was lucky enough; I coached at a at a small school in Iowa called Ashford University, uh, that was an NAI school. Uh, and then actually found my way to the southeast by coaching at uh, Georgia Gwinnett College in Atlanta, and, and then University of West Alabama uh, in Livingston, Alabama, and. Uh, along that way, uh, recruiting became something that I was really passionate about, something that I really loved, and, and where the competition was for me was was in the evaluation side and, and being able to find players. Uh, I always had the mindset that, hey, really good players made really good coaches, and I was fortunate enough to be able to coach some very, very good players uh, and during my college career as a coach, uh, but that kind of kind of opened me up to get to know some scouts that opened me up to be able to really get a glimpse into that scouting side and into that competition of evaluation, of being able to educate others on the players that you like. And for me, at the time, that was educating my head coach and educating our program on who, who the best players were in the area. Uh, and then being able to find out, hey, how, how are we going to be able to get those guys to that school? And that opened me up to that pro side where it was – the evaluation was the competition side. Uh, and I was fortunate enough that the Seattle Mariners uh, gave me a job. They they allowed me to be able to explore that side of baseball, uh, allowed me to be able to get that opportunity to, to scout, to be able to do that evaluation side professionally. Uh, and I'm very, very thankful for them, very thankful that they, they gave me that opportunity. And now this is the side that I like. This is the dream. And uh, – they 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 take great care of me, and I'm, I'm very fortunate for them, and very fortunate for that opportunity that they gave me a couple of years ago. Man, what a cool path! And I mean, it, it's so cool to hear that it's like we uh, there's such a focus now um, around baseball fans and, and prospects, and a lot of you hear the term seedlings to stars, and you know, so you're you're more at that seedling level, you know, where you're looking at um, you know high school, JUCO, college players. Um, how much interaction do you have with like the advanced scouting team that's like looking at a team coming to, to town to play the big league club next? I mean, you just know those guys a little bit or uh, do you, you, are you guys all on the same Zoom meeting sometimes? I mean, how how's that work? Uh, I, I do not have a ton of interaction with those guys. Obviously, uh, they are they are very involved with us. They are very involved on that analytics side. Uh we do not have a ton of contact with them. I know our, our department on the amateur side, uh, we are focused on the acquisition of players. Uh, mm -hmm. That is where the majority of my job is. Uh, but I, I know anything they ask me to do, I'm willing to do it. Uh, but those guys on that uh, on that advanced side, those guys on the analytics side, those guys uh, that are diving into all that are unbelievably talented. They're unbelievably smart. Uh, and they provide some of the best information that, anybody could ever ask for in this game of baseball and that that's a side I'm not an expert in uh, obviously we try to educate ourselves as best we possibly can but uh, those guys are experts in that field and, and they do an amazing job for us and it's no wonder uh, that they allow us to have the success they do at the big league level and 
but they definitely help us on our amateur side with uh, being able to uh, evaluate analytically, being able to evaluate through the data uh, that sometimes we don't necessarily see, but also that data that sometimes we don't necessarily understand and be able to put a different perspective to a player that hopefully brings us to a, the conclusion of having a whole encompassing picture of what that player is, what we're acquiring and what we're getting. Uh, and can't do it with just one side. You kind of need all those sides to be able to get to that conclusion. But um, I do not have a ton of contact with that side on the, on the major league level, uh, but I know they do an amazing job up there for us. Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, that's been shown over the last couple, last couple months for sure. Um, so like tonight, uh, did you break out the, uh, I, I'm obsessed with looking at those scouting sheets, Dan. Um, the ones even back to the eighties and seventies of guys that we grew up watching, you know, the, the 60, 70, 80 scale. Um, how much of that do you break out and how much of it's like electronic these days? I mean, is that still kind of old school? It's it's a little bit of mix of both. I think uh, you can be a, you can be as uh, new school or as old school as you want mm-hmm. when you're when you're in that ballpark making your evaluation. Uh, but uh, I, I do have a laminated sheet that has all my grading sheets on it uh, that I still look at. I, I, I still enjoy the having the physical paper in front of me. I still enjoy having the uh, physical things that I can read in front of me. But uh, in that moment, I enjoy that. But we are. Uh, we we have transitioned everything over to electronic, everything over to computer. So uh, I can't say that I'm pulling out a pen and paper and uh, filling out uh, filling out any of the, those scouting cards or anything uh, with pen and paper. But uh, who have my laminated paper in front of me? That, that definitely is a good reference sheet to look back at uh, to make sure what what I am saying is is exactly accurate uh, to what we believe. Yeah, things uh, things evolve a bit. Um... Uh, so I don't know how much you can really um, go into this, but I wanted to kind of ask you about, you know, the Mariners secret sauce, um, a, an overriding theme when you're identifying and trying to deliver that player to the organization. You know, what's what are some of the key things that you look for? And like you told me, it, it probably is the same across many organizations. But, you know, what's what's some of the ties that, that really bind when when you're trying to say that this guy's going to have the best chance at our hit rate. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if there's necessarily, I don't want to say there's a secret sauce. I don't want to say, um, and I, and I don't, and I, and I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily go into a ton, but I, I don't know if there's necessarily a secret sauce. I think at the end of the day, um, I, I think as, as a scout, your job and what you're trying to do is you're trying to put the best players in front of, the best players that you see and the best players that you evaluate, you're, you're trying to put your organization in a position where they can make a great decision. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's players from, for me, I'm just a small part of that, understanding that, hey, I, I don't see the players from all the way across the country. I'm going to see the players from the geographic region. Uh, I'm going to see the players that um, come from a very small portion of that country. And so for me, my job is to hopefully – be able to provide the information and provide the evaluation and provide both on and off field, provide the information that allows our organization to make a great decision. Um, and, and we have scouts all throughout the country who are trying to do the same thing. Uh, and hopefully that allows us to be able to stack those players up uh, from a national perspective and make the best decision possible. Uh, the, the one thing I, I would say the secret sauce probably 
uh, and I know this sounds, this is going to sound way, way too wholesome and probably uh, way too generic, but I, I think the secret sauce is the organization. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I think from the top to the bottom, uh, I think our guys have done an unbelievable job of, of providing the right perspective of saying, hey, especially as a scout, I think sometimes we can get into way too much, hey, this is my player or that's his player mm -hmm. or uh, he's from my my region that I cover. Uh, so, man, you want that player to be better than from somewhere else because we all we, we all want to see those guys get to our organization and do well. But the one thing our organization has done a very, very good job of, and I think the secret sauce, is from the top down, there's nobody's player. This is yeah. This is the Mariners. This is our organization. This is our group. And we want to be able to put the best product on the field. We want to be able to put ourselves in a position where we can win for years to come. And we want to be able to uh, put ourselves in a position where our big league club is in the best position possible to win for years to come. Uh, and, that, and that starts with there's nobody's one player. This is We're trying to make the best decisions possible. And that's from our scouting standpoint on, on the ground with our area scouts, with uh, our scouts throughout the organization and what they see in the ballpark and how they get to know those players and how they evaluate those players and all of those little ancillary details that make up that player, make up that person, and, and hopefully providing that information to the organization, which allows them to hopefully see a picture of what this guy could be. And, and then that extends all the way, and then that goes up to our job for us. Um, they do a great job. There's no one scout that can get in a ballpark whose eyes can see everything. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much experience we have, no matter how many baseball games we watch, no matter how many players we have in our Rolodex to look back at and compare guys to and draw parallels to or uh, draw from our own experiences, no matter how much experience you have, there's so many things that our eyes cannot see in the ballpark. There's so many things uh, that we just can't, our brains can't comprehend, our brains can't connect. And that analytics department does an amazing job of being able to stack those players up against light competition and being able to stack those players up against guys who are in the big leagues and where those guys were at that same point and how they stack up nationally. And maybe there's some things that they can pull for us that they can tell us, hey, baseball's doing this or hey, he's doing this and he's doing that. And that is, that is something that sometimes we can't see. So having that whole encompassing group, that whole encompassing organization uh, that can work together, that can provide information, that can get together and make a great decision for the organization, I think that's the secret sauce. And I think our, our organization and our leadership and our people in our organization do such a good job of really hitting that home toss of, of this is a group, this is a remember, there's no one person, there's there's no one piece of information, it's it's taking a little bit from everything and hopefully it all comes together in the end to make the best decision and, and I know that's one thing we've done extremely well and, and I think our, our leadership group's done an amazing job of that uh, so if you're going to ask for secret sauce, I think that's it, I know that's a little no, it's uh, perfect, a little all encompassing but I, I think they've done an amazing job of that for us. 100% and so now it's time for you to crush my dreams a little bit, um, because like I said, when I was growing up, I looked at your profession as 
know, the most glorious job in the world. And I, I got to talk to a guy that knew a little bit about it. And he said, hey, look, it's it's not everything you think. He said, you know, you're you're on the road a lot. You're away from your family a lot. Uh, you're not always sitting in a cathedral watching a game, right? You're, you're in some very small towns. You know, what would you say is the toughest aspect of what you do? Uh, I, w- I would say it's probably that. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the travel. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love the, I love that nomad lifestyle and I love the uh, being on the road and I, and I love going to those towns and getting to know those towns. But that, that is a tough aspect, especially when you have family, especially when you have, uh, loved ones and things like that it it isn't easy being away from them you know for long periods of time it's not easy uh being long distance from them and and having to uh and knowing that you can't always be there physically in in the same proximity as them uh, that's always that's always tough uh that that is something i think a lot of baseball people know we have been we have experience in that when you were a college coach who was out on the road recruiting it was taking the road trips with the uh, it was away games, uh, so you had a li- you, you do have a, a little bit of that lifestyle, and you, you were kind of bred for it, and mm-hmm. that's just something you're kind of used to. So I, I don't know if we necessarily think of it that way all the time. Yeah, uh, but that definitely is. Uh, I, I would say probably the toughest part of that job uh, is just knowing that it it is tough to have that home base, and it is tough to uh, you know be able to find yourself away from those loved ones and family. 24-7, but I will say there is some fun times as far as, you know, when you are on the road. Uh, as a scout, it's one of those things where you really do enjoy getting to know all those small towns. Uh, you're not always in that cathedral. You're not always in the big college ballpark. You're not always in the major league stadium or minor league stadium or anything like that. Sometimes you are at uh, an old high school field or a, a, a small junior college field or, or Sometimes you're at some facility out in the middle of nowhere where you don't know how you got there, and if it wasn't for GPS, <laughs> man, uh, the Rand McNally map might not have told you the right road to go on. But uh, all those small towns, they they all you know make the job great. And you get to go there and you get to get to know people. You get to get to know the high school coaches. You get to know the people in those towns. You, you get to know the families. You get to know uh, really your area in general. There's always a great restaurant. There's always a great diner. There's always great people to talk to. Uh, there's always these experiences that, that maybe you wouldn't get to have if you were, uh, you know, just driving from the office back home every single day. Uh, so it, it, as much as there is the drawbacks of, of what makes it tough, those those same times out on the road are what gives you the stories and, and, and definitely what gives you those experiences with, with other people and, and, and getting to know those uh that make up, you know, uh, it sounds weird, but that make up the great country and getting to get to know people from different geographic regions is always fun. That's really well said, Dan. And, um, you know, along with that, you know, you're, you're tied up a lot of the time when the big clubs playing, you know, so how, how much attention do you pay to them? And, and like, are, are you trying to check scores, you know, every couple innings on the phone? I mean, how much are you able to really pay attention to what's going on at the, at the big league level? We try to do it as best we can. Uh, I, I know I, we all have the MLB app, and e- even if you're in a ballpark, even if you're watching a, a game, a college game, a high school game, watching a kid work out, even if you're driving down the road, uh, MLB app has a great thing where you can track games and track scores. And, uh, I know I get the update every time, or you're tracking 
you know, pitch by pitch on the app. Uh, we can watch the game uh, visibly or you're in the ballpark and uh, paying attention. When you're at dinner, any chance you get, get, get the time to be able to actually watch the game. Uh, you try to watch as many of the games as possible. You try to watch as uh, many of them live as you can. But uh, when you're not able to do that, we're definitely tracking. Uh, you're definitely trying to keep as, as close in tabs on the big league club as you can uh, because that's where we're invested is we're invested in how they do on the field. We're invested uh, in how we're doing as an organization. And, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's you, you, sometimes you can feel like you're a long ways away it, uh, when, when you're driving around. But everybody in the organization from, you know, from, from the star player to, um, you know, the person that's, you know, out here driving around the roads, everybody has a, has some sort of role uh, to play and how everybody does. So, uh, yeah, we try to keep as close tabs as we can and try to track every single score and try to track every single run. And, and, and definitely we get excited when we get the updates that we take a lead or, uh, <laughs> Or when it's tie game in the ninth inning, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I have pulled my phone out <laughs> more than once at a ballpark and pulled the pulled, pulled the video up and tried to double dip a little bit as we're watching a game in front of us. We're also trying to watch that big league club when it's close. That's awesome. And so we've all got a boss. Yours just happens to be Jerry Depoto. Um, you know, what's a meeting with Jerry like? And you know, what's it been like working for him? I mean, he's obviously a, a really ho- uh, high profile GM. Um, he's a lot of fun. Like I know as a fan, I've, I've loved following him through the years because he makes fun trades, you know, and that's, that's what he's known for. What, what can you tell us about him? Oh man, I, I'll tell you the, the one thing is I'm very thankful. I'm extremely thankful to be able to work in an organization that, you know, Hey, they, they do an unbelievable job of allowing us to do our job, uh, and giving us great direction and, and really giving us great information and great resources to be able to be successful at our job, uh, to be able to carry out what they want and what they're asking for. Um, I can tell you this, he, he's been nothing but great to me. He's been nothing but great uh, every, every inter- interaction I've had with him. Uh, I can tell you, I know we got a ton of trust in him, and I, and I know it's been really cool to see, just in my time in the organization, to be able to see um, you know, what we've been able to do at the big league level. I, man, I... I I have nothing but respect for what they've done and, and, and the moves they made, and, and man, for the success we've had on the field. I, I wish, I wish I could tell you, I wish I could tell you more. Yeah. Uh, I, do, yeah. I do not have the everyday interaction with him, and I and I, I know he's got a lot more on his plate than I do, and uh, I know especially when we're making these playoff runs and, and doing all that. I, man, I, I can only imagine, but he, he's he's been nothing but unbelievable. It's been nothing but unbelievable in every single interaction. And man, I can tell you this: he, he makes you feel at home. He makes you feel like you're valued, and he, and he definitely makes you feel like you know what you, you matter. And, and mm-hmm. you can't ask for anything more than that, in the boss. So he, he's been nothing but great to me. That's awesome. So, and, and maybe this is a, a step too far, but it's, it's kind of fun if you can go into it. Um, I wanted you to try to give me an example of a guy around the league. Um, that maybe you you thought was going to be, um, you know, 
you would have him in high regard and, it, and it's somebody that you would consider that you whiffed on. And don't worry if, if we're going to come back around to somebody that you, you've, you know, you've, you've hit on. Uh, is there anybody that's like around baseball that, that you're surprised uh, based on what you saw that they haven't had more success? I don't know if I, I don't, I've only been this in this for six years, so I don't want to necessarily say uh, that we necessarily whiffed on anybody. And I, not I not even in your, so. like not even the Mariners. I mean, somebody that got maybe drafted elsewhere that, that you really liked or even, you know, anybody. Man, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say anybody that, man, that we, that saying somebody hasn't performed to their level because I know, man, it's a tough, tough game. Yeah. It's one of those things that's not easy to do. I, I can tell you this. I know in scouting, it, it, it's such a tough game in the sense of, man, as a, as a scout, you're going to be wrong more than you're going to be right. Yeah. You're going to be wrong darn near close to 100% of the time. And, and what I mean by that is, man, if, if, if you go out and put an all-star grade on a guy and, man, he ends up having a 10-year career but doesn't make an all-star mm-hmm. grade, you were wrong. You ended up not getting that player right from what you said you were, he was going to be on paper and, and vice versa. I mean, you could, you could say a player, you know, was going to be a good big leaguer and he could end up being an all-star. And you know what? You, you missed on that guy as well. Uh, so I know it's, it's extremely, extremely tough to get those guys, you know, right and be able to peg those guys, you know, when they're 8, 17, 18 years old and say what they're going to be when they're 23, yep. 24, 25. Uh, Man, I can tell you there's a number of them out there that, you know what, I, I, I wish I would have been a little bit higher on. I wish I would have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, would have seen. But the, the great thing is that's anytime us as scouts miss on a player and, and they outperform what we thought they would, you know what, that's a credit to the player. Mm-hmm. And that's a credit to that player that, hey, you know what, as a scout, we, we may not have seen them in, in that capacity, but it, it, it's a credit to – when you see a player at 18 years old, the hardest thing to measure on a player is, you know, the heart that they have, the work ethic that they have, uh, how they're going to go out and work, how they're going to go out and make adjustments when, when their back's against the wall, when they get to the minor leagues or when they get to the big leagues. And it's always just a credit to that player that, hey, man, he went out and he worked hard. He went out and made adjustments. He went out and got the most out of his talent, got the most out of his ability. And ended up outperforming from what anybody, from what, from what us as a scout maybe thought he would, uh, you know. And I always look back and go, for me, it's it's less about looking back and going, man, I really missed on that player, man. I, I you know, I, I thought he was going to be this, and he ended up being so much better, and and vice versa. Somebody that maybe I didn't think was going to be quite as good, and ended up outperforming, uh, you know, outperforming what I thought they were, or man, I thought they were going to be really good. They kind of underperformed. The The big thing for me is hopefully as a scout, we can kind of look back and you try to look at your experiences with that player. And was there outliers? Was there something that we missed or something mm-hmm. that maybe we didn't give enough credit to um, that caused that player to, to do what he did? And, and sometimes that could be, man, you get a – sometimes that's the heart. Sometimes that's that feeling in your gut that, hey, you, you talk with a player, you meet with them, you get to know them, you get that experience with the player, and you're going, man, this, there's something special about this guy. And it may not be the on-field performance or it may not be the physical tools, but there's something about that player that's very, very hard to quantify. And that's 
that's where that experience as a scout and that's where the baseball experience comes in is how do you, how do you quantify that or do how do you relay that to your organization to allow them to understand what you're feeling or understand what you're seeing in this guy and, and how do we use that in making a decision in the next for the next guy who could be that player um, and vice versa that sometimes there's those guys who are can't miss and hey sometimes we miss and you know, when you're looking at that, you're trying to look back and go, hey, what was it or, or what, what were we missing here? Um, and sometimes and sometimes you'll never know and sometimes you, you can't find it. But uh, I think those are the things that I always take away from the guys that if we want to say we missed on them or if we want to say we, we, we didn't have them high enough or we had them too high, was, was hopefully trying to look back and learn and try to figure out, hey, how can we apply that or how can we use that information the next time to make a better decision. Um, whether it was a player that we got or whether it was a player that was uh, in another organization. But uh, I know I, str- I struggle when it when it comes to saying, hey, somebody didn't, oh, somebody underachieved just because, man, there's, there's, right. it's so hard to play this game and, and it's so hard to, uh, and it's so hard to say because some of those guys who, underachieved were guys who still went out and had a great big league career. And I don't necessarily want to take away from that yeah. uh, from those players uh, because I, I can promise you this, they made it a lot further than I did. And they're <laughs> going to make it a lot further than about 99.9% of the population who plays in yep. the game of baseball. And, uh, and I know this, it's hard enough that any player who, any player who steps foot in the big league, any player who's a professional baseball player, Man, they are they are in small company. They're a, they're a small few, and any player who even plays one single day in the big leagues, that, that's a that's a big leaguer. And, and those guys are few and far between, and they're an elite club. And uh, man, anybody who reaches that level is a pretty darn good baseball player in my book. Such a great answer, offers such a great perspective. Um, I mean. You're, you're getting me fired up now talking about putting grades on guys and, and stuff like that. But you, you talked about, I mean, we see guys that go in the first round all the time. And, you know, if they play eight or ten years, you know, they're an all-star once or, you know, even if they're not. I mean, you, you play ten years in the big leagues. I mean, you've pretty much um, fulfilled, you know, that uh, that first round. I mean, a, a lot of times I forget who it was that just retired and you know, maybe he didn't reach what, what people said he would be, but I mean, I, I told somebody who was still a heck of a career. Um, in that same vein, um, anybody like at the big league level that, um, uh, right now for, for the Mariners that you've had, uh, like a lot of, um, you know, upbringing on or that you were kind of on early in the game? Uh, that's, that place for the Mariners right now? Yeah, or the last few years. Uh, man, I, I am not fortunate enough to be able to have my first big leaguer yet. Uh, I've only been in the uh, scouting game now for about six years. And uh, so from my area that I've been on as a, from when he was a young age, uh, there, there's not any on our big league roster at this moment. Uh, but I can tell you this, uh, you know, one that comes to mind that, man, when, when you first saw him, it, it really stood out. And I know you, you and I have had conversations about him was, was Julio Rodriguez and, and I was fortunate enough. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see him in his first uh, pro season in the Dominican Summer League. Uh, I was able to see him play, and it, it's it's really really cool to be able to see players when they're 17, 18 years old, and then be able to see them when they're performing at the level that he's performing in the big leagues. Yeah, 
it's it's really interesting because it's it's one of those things when you were a college coach, when you were when you were you know growing up as a as a as a player, and, and when you first get into scouting, I think sometimes, man, you, you you sit there and it's it's hard to fathom what that guy looks like when he's 17, 18 years old because right. they're just not around those guys very often. It's they're so few and far between. Uh, they're so rare. Um, that it's it's hard to fathom that, and that was you know in my first year scouting I got to see him uh, up close and personal, and I got to see him uh, you know in the uniform and got to see what it, what he was capable of doing on the field at such a young age, and that one for me has been a really cool one to watch because it was just man you saw him and he was younger than the high school players that I'm scouting now when you first saw him and being able to see the things that he could do on the field, being able to see the the talent that he had and now being able to see what he's doing in the big leagues, man, it's, I don't know. I don't know if you could like look at that guy at 18 and go, man, I you could look and go, I know he's going to be this good. But then when you actually get to see it on the field, you're going, wow. Okay. That that's kind of a cool transition. That's kind of a cool process to watch. That was really cool to be able to see just how good some of those young players are. And, uh, you know, I was able to take that. Now you're able to take that into your own scouting career now yeah. when we're watching young players again. Uh, but being able to be exposed to somebody like that at such a young age, uh, at such a young age in scouting, in um, such a young age in my career of scouting, that, man, that it, was, it was a lesson that you can take and learn and, and, and you can go on and watch because no matter how many big leaguers I'd watched on TV, no matter how many big leaguers you had watched, uh, you know, uh, live in ball games. Uh, even some of the players that I had grown up with, or some of the players that you had coached against, who reached the big leagues. Man, it was it was just okay. That that was what Julio Rodriguez looked like at 16, 17 years old. And, uh, that was really really cool for me to see. So he, he he's one that's been fun to watch, especially the last two years. See coming up. Uh, another one for me that was really really cool, and he was not a player. Uh, that I scouted in college. It was not a player that I actually saw uh, his draft year, but uh, Cade Marlowe on our roster right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cade was a fun one for me because I coached against Cade. Oh, wow. Cade, Cade was a player when I was coaching at the University of West Alabama. He was a freshman at the University of West Georgia. Uh, and it was it was cool because I got, I you know, our guys had called pitches against him. Our catchers had called pitches against him. I was on the receiving end of a lot of hits given up uh, as a coach, <laughs> and I was on the receiving end of how do we how do we pick over enough? How do we speed our pitcher up? How how do we uh, how do we mix up our looks and, and hopefully keep this guy on first base when he gets there and not allow him to steal second base? And uh, I can't remember whether we uh, I, I can tell you we definitely did not slow him down much. He had his fair share of hits, fair share of stolen bases, and he. Uh, he beat us up pretty bad. I, I think West Alabama might have won the games, but Kate had it. Kate had quite a bit of success against us. And, uh, he was another cool one to be able to see, uh, just because it was a player that you had you had coached against, you had competed against, um, and really getting to see that guy from a Division two school as a freshman and be able to see that talent, be able to see how successful he was, how good he was. Um, a lot of those experiences have been ones that I've followed. And then ones that you can kind of carry on into your own scouting career of going, wow, man, when I was a coach and going, wow, 
guy is really, really good. And that guy is, man, the way he plays the game, the way he you know, approaches in that bat, the way he steals bases, the way his physical tools translate, uh, even at the even at those uh, lower levels, uh, have been lessons that have helped me out in scouting and helped me uh, hopefully draw some comparisons from our own roster of, of what those guys that are helping our big league club right now look like and hopefully allow us to be able to relay that information up to our guys so hopefully they can continue to make those great decisions and uh, hopefully we can continue to put great players in the system. That's awesome. And I'm so glad you brought up Julio, man, because um, obviously I could I could spend the rest of the night uh, talking to you about him. I mean, he, he hit a ball that was pretty low in the strike zone the other night out to uh, right center field. Uh, against the Angels, and I'm just a guy on my couch, but, I mean, I've told guys that, that I talk with that I think the sky's the limit for him. I think he's a guy that comes along once every, you know, 25 years, and, uh, you know, nothing that he does uh, in the years to come would shock me. I mean, I, I really think that um, he's he's so great for baseball, and honestly, it reminds me a lot of, of Griffey, you know, three decades ago. Um, you know, it's just funny that they're in the same spot in the same city in center field. So it's, uh, it's good to hear somebody that saw Julio at, at 17 or 18 because, you know, that's, it kind of echoes what I've heard that he's, he's just been a, uh, just been an absolute monster since, since those days and a, an even better guy, sounds like. So. Yeah, and he was, it's my only time ever meeting Julio and, um, and he doesn't know me from Adam, but the only time I got to meet him was, um, during that time where I got to actually see him play in a game, and uh, I can tell you this, he he was he was a young guy. I was I was older, but you find yourself in such an infectious personality, he's such a good human being, um, and he was a guy that he, he made he made me feel welcome. You know, I was mm-hmm. coming into uh, even though we're part of the same organization, and, and even though we're we're on the same team, and as far as that goes, you know, I was coming into their complex, I was coming into their home and their world. As you know, as we all know, the locker room and, and the and that players area is that is sacred for those guys. And um, you know, I was a scout that was coming in to their area, and he was so welcome. He just he had this this personality about him that it just invited you in, and he just wanted to be around them in that moment. Um, man, it was. Everybody else, it's, it's it's such a great human being, and you know it's it's really really cool when you see guys who are that talented, guys who are that good on the baseball field, and they may be even better human beings off the field. That's that's such a that's such a great thing, and it's 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 something that makes him you know who he is. And I've got a personal favorite at the big league level. Uh, I, he's just such a fun player. I, I love watching Cal Rally, and I actually didn't realize till the other night. My uh, I have. Uh, a cousin that's on the podcast a lot. And he said, you know, he caught it Florida state. My cousin used to work for the baseball program there. And I, I had no idea, but uh, obviously he hit the big home run to put you guys in the playoffs last year. And he's been on an absolute uh, roll lately. He's, he's a guy I just love watching hit man, just a slugger. And um, just, uh, I got to get Cal's mention in there at least a little. Um. But uh, yeah, man, you uh, you're a class guy to talk baseball with. We really appreciate you taking taking the time to just tell us kind of how you mine for gold and 
you know, all I ask is uh, you guys win the World Series. You, you come back on and uh, have another chat with us sometime. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I, I'm, I, I will always give credit to those guys up top on that one. Man, those players in the locker room, the, the, the coaching staff, and, you know, our guys, our guys up there, the analysts, the front office, all those guys. I know I don't have – uh, a ton, I know I don't have a ton of uh, help over there as far as how they're doing on the field, but I can tell you this, th- those guys up there are amazing. You know, they're, I, I, I love watching when they're on a roll, and, and I can tell you this, man, the players, the coaches, the, the front office, man, it, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch those guys work together. It, it's fun to be a part of an organization and a group that, that you know, they work together as a whole, and, and it really is a family. It really is a uh, a group that all works together from top to bottom, from department to department. And, you know, it's no wonder they've had the success that they've had. And, uh, you know, it's really fun to see. It's really fun to be a part of. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us so much, man. And again, like the, the positivity you beam talking about, you know, your organization is a, it's a greater reflection of them. So, I mean, I've, I've liked the Mariners the last few years, love watching them and, um, yeah, this just makes me a, a bigger fan, and I'm sure anybody who listens uh, really appreciates your perspective. So thanks so much for joining us. <music>